we're really excited about tonight. I think uh, when we have these opportunities to have nights of prayer and worship, it's an opportunity for God to really work in our lives, for us to glorify the Lord. Uh, last Wednesday, we talked about it's God's will for us to be thankful. And so this is a chance for us to do that tonight. So we're going to pray and just kind of prepare our hearts for worship. I know you've probably had a busy day. I've had a busy day, a lot of craziness in our lives. And I just encourage you to prepare your heart, press in, allow God to, to really meet you. And then we're going to greet each other and uh, enter into this night of worship. Father, we thank you for your grace in our lives. We thank you for your goodness. And Lord, as we just look at the, the madness and the craziness of our, our world and how busy things are and getting caught in traffic to trying to get all of the things done that we need to, Lord, we just pause to recognize your goodness. And we just want to worship you tonight in spirit and in truth. We ask that you'd meet us and you'd bless tonight in a powerful way. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So find three people to welcome and then we're going to worship together. Let's say hello to each other tonight.
stop the Lord Almighty? For who can stop the Lord Almighty? 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 Who can stop the We're so glad you guys are here tonight. Um, Eric had asked me to share a little bit just what's been on my heart with worship and uh, where we are and why we're here. And uh, so I just wanted to, to read through some scripture. If you have a Bible and you want to turn there, that's great. If you don't, it's totally fine. Yeah, you guys can go ahead and have a seat. Um, so I just wanted to start tonight. Uh, reading Matthew 18.20. Sorry. And it's a verse that I know we are all familiar with once you hear it. Um, And it says, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. And that's why we're here tonight. Um, You know, there's something really special about the church getting together, gathering together, worshiping together, uh, pouring out their hearts as as one body. you know, and and I don't think here God's not saying that He's not with you in His everyday in your everyday life. Um, but when we come together as a body and we worship, uh, God manifests Himself in a really special way. And I think we've all experienced that at some point in our lives. If if you haven't, I hope tonight is the night. Um, and if you want to, let's turn to Acts two forty six, um, and this is just talking about the early church. So Acts 2.46 and 2.47, it says, So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. In the phrase there in verse 46, uh, 
gladness and simplicity of heart means that they had uh, unaffected joy. And now, in the early church, we see a lot of joy, we see vibrancy, but there's also this aspect of reverence when they come to worship the Lord. And, uh, you know, I think one of the reasons that the early church was so just enamored with God and saw God do incredible things is because they were uh, consumed with the awe and wonder of God. And I think that's something that, that we lose as a church, uh, as people a lot of times. It's, it's easy to, to think that we have this, um, that we don't need God, but there's something to be said, especially we can read it all through Scripture, that, that when we come to God uh, in awe and wonder and reverence, that, that He instills that um, un, uh, unaffected joy in our hearts. Um, and now, some of you might have come here today and had the thought of, I don't really want to go tonight, but it's Wednesday and I have to go to church. Um, but when you think of the early church having that unaffected joy, uh, these, these people were being persecuted, they were being beaten, they were being harassed, and still they chose to worship. Um, and the Bible doesn't say to give thanks to the Lord when you feel like it or when you want to. Um, it says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, Amen. period. That's it. That's why we worship. That's why we're here. It's for God's goodness in our life. Um, and see, sometimes our worship can be a sacrifice. We have to, to turn our attention to, towards the Lord and push through our own, our own junk and our baggage. Um, but that's okay. You know, there's something really beautiful to be said about sacrificing yourself to worship the Lord, uh, getting rid of the hindrances that are in the way, pushing everything aside, just to encounter the Lord one-on-one. And um, that's been my prayer. That's been our prayer tonight is that God would just do what he does, that he would come and he would do what only he can do. Um, and so I know I've shared before um, that it's easy for our lips to glorify the Lord, but it's hard for our hearts to be connected to those words. Um, and so tonight as we just enter into some prayer time, um, some fellowship with the Lord, if that's you, just pour out your heart. I mean, we look at David in the Psalms. And um, he just is brutally honest with the Lord. God, why are you doing this? What are you doing? Where are you taking me? What's going on? And then something happens, and I wish I knew what. I say that all the time. I tell my wife all the time, I wish I knew what happened. Because something flips in David's brain to where he's like, God, why have you forsaken me? What's going on? And then all of a sudden, he's just worshiping the Lord again. And so I think whatever's in the way, if we can focus on pushing that aside tonight, then we can really encounter the Lord, and that's why we're here, right? Um, so there's one more, one more scripture I want to share, and it's Ephesians 1, chapter 2, oh sorry, chapter 1, verse 2, apologize. Um, actually, I'm sorry again, it's verse 6, man. So, it says, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. I'm going to read 7 too, but in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Um, and in that verse, you know, it's just saying that we've been adopted as sons and daughters uh, to the praise of his glorious grace. And you know, what is that glorious grace? You know, it's not a grace that just covers our sin, uh, but it's a grace that empowers us to rise up in victory knowing that we've overcome sin, we've overcome the works of the devil, we've overcome this world, and ultimately we've overcome death and we get to spend eternity with God our Father in heaven. 
And if, that's, if that can't get you excited tonight, then I don't know what will. Um, you know, I, I, as I was reading this, I, I got convicted, honestly, because um, I'm sure you guys know that I do four services a week and three of the same services on the weekend. And a lot of these people behind me do the same thing. And it's really easy um, for, for my heart to be disconnected in worship, um, just to look at it as another service. That's something that uh, Pastor Eric and I pray for behind stage before we come out very frequently is, Lord, just give us the energy not to become complacent in what we're doing. And, um, you know, I know that it's Wednesday night. We're in the middle of the week. And um, if, you know, if that's you tonight, I just want to take a couple minutes, one or two minutes. Let's just redirect our focus, redirect our hearts uh, onto what the Lord has for us tonight. Um, And I wasn't going to read this, but I'm totally going to read it. So Romans 8.39, this is another one that you guys know. No height, no depth, or any created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's a promise that the Lord has given us, and he's given us grace to overcome all those things I talked about earlier. Um, And whatever's coming in the way of you tonight, you know, God promises that that those things are temporary, um, that we need to worship him for who he is, not for what he's doing in our lives, because whether we're in a season of trial or we're in a season of, of fruitfulness or um, on, on the mountaintop, you know, God's faithfulness doesn't change. Um, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Um, and so I just want the cry of our hearts tonight um, and the glory that we're giving to God just be his grace being triumphant in our lives over everything that comes against us because we know hope, we have hope. And, um, you know, my prayer for this night has really just been that we would be able to come and freely pour out our hearts before Jesus and thank him, uh, challenge, uh, ask him where he's at, like David in the Psalms or or what have you. And so uh, we're just going to take a minute or two right now and we're just going to pray. And I just really encourage you to, to redirect your focus you know, if you have things that you know are, are holding you back tonight, just pray that God would remove those. Uh, because at the end of the night, if we let ourselves get in the way of the work that God wants to do, that's on us. And so we're here giving the Lord an opportunity. And if we shut down or close ourselves off, um, then that's, he can't do anything with that. It's like going to God with your hand closed and being like, here you go, God, I'm right here. Do what you want to do. But we need to have that open hand and allow God to really come and and change our lives. So let's pray. And then um, we're just going to take a minute and uh, just refocus. Father, we just invite you into this place tonight. We just ask you to come and do what only you can do, God. There's a lot of us coming in here off uh, eight-hour workdays and uh, stresses of everyday life, Father. Uh, But we know that you are the one that we desire You are the one that we need, God. We need your peace. We need your comfort. We need new joy, that unaffected joy. God, we just pray that you would come and and really start to weed out all the things that we've built up against you. Anything that that stands in the way of the work you want to do tonight, God, we give those things to you, and we just ask them that you would do your will. Amen. Amen. So we're just going to play for a minute and just encourage you to, to continue to pray. Uh, and then we're gonna we're gonna worship some more.
Jesus, we thank you that you're Yahweh, that you never change. And Lord, as we think about you reigning over the nations and Lord, being supreme over our elections that are coming up in a few short weeks, God, we recognize your power and your control in our lives. And Lord, as we spend a few moments in your word and in prayer, we pray that we would you would allow our understanding of how you rule and reign to be expanded. And we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can have a seat. I'm going to share a few scriptures with you tonight, and we're going to have an opportunity to pray for the nations and also uh, to pray for our nation. When you think about a night of prayer and worship on October 26th, I think everyone begins to think about the elections uh, coming up in just a few short weeks. And I want to look at the scriptures for just a moment to help us be equipped for election results, okay? Because you really can be equipped as God's child to have a biblical response uh, no matter what the results are. And God says a lot about the nations in Scripture and the fact that he's ruling uh, over the nations. And we're going to pray tonight for God's will for our country. Because he's got a plan, he's got a purpose. And he's saying, Lord, it may not be our plan, it may not be our purpose, but we want your kingdom to come. We want your will to be done and praying for his will for our country and his will for our, our nations. Last Wednesday was the third presidential debate. And if you watch the first uh, 10 minutes of that last debate, both candidates really put out where they stand on very important biblical issues, issues of marriage, issues of abortion. And there's a lot at stake at our country. So I'm not minimizing the elections. I think that if you step back and you look at the history of our country and you look at the future of our country, we're at a crossroads. And, and what we're going to choose as a nation is very reflective of what the future is going to be. So if, if you haven't watched that, go watch that because they very clearly stated where they stand on, I think, what we would consider to be very important uh, biblical issues. So let me walk you through a few sections of Scripture. We're going to start in Psalms 2 and end at the end of Hebrews chapter 12. Psalms chapter 2, it's an amazing psalm that we're going to pray through in regards uh, to the nations. Psalms 2 verse 1, it says, Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and rulers take counsel together. Sound familiar? Can we say that the kings of the earth right now plot a lot of vain things as they come together? Against the Lord and against his anointed saying. So the nations of the world are coming against the Lord and against his anointed. Let us break their bonds in peace and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in heaven shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. So God is looking at this threat of the nations towards him, and he's saying, really? Is that all you got? You know, the UN, that's, that's it? You guys are coming at me, and you've got your EU, the, now that's falling apart, and he's not threatened, okay? So, so that's really important to understand, this picture of him being on his throne, and he's laughing at this opposition that come, comes against him. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath, and distress them in his deep displeasure. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. So there's this contrast between the kings of the earth and the king of kings, Jesus Christ. 
and that Christ is ruling and reigning. And things are happening just as the Lord desires and attends. So it points us to Christ's leadership. I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me, you are my son, today I have begotten you. Father speaking to the son. The father is now saying to the, to the son, ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possessions. So what is God doing in the world today? He is bringing the nations to his son. This is the promise of the father to the son saying, son, ask for the nations and I will give you the nations. God is about the nations. And sometimes we forget that. And I I want you to think for just a moment at the throne room of God, it is going to be all people group of all nations, of all tribes, of all tongues, not just Americans. It's not just going to be English around the throne room of God. Amen. We'll be the little English speaking part of that, but every tongue will be there declaring the wonderful works of God. And that's what God's about in the business of the world. He's not necessarily about this country or that country. He's about bringing people to himself. It's hard to gauge where we are right now in history because we're living it. But from what they tell us, we're seeing the largest shift of population since World War II. We're seeing the most refugees, possibly even more. If you look at the Middle Eastern region, it is being in total upheaval and the whole topographical landscape of the world is changing right in front of our eyes, you know? And in the midst of that, God has a plan and a purpose. And what's that? To bring people to himself. And we're hearing reports of people coming to Christ in the Middle Eastern regions in record numbers. You take, for instance, Iran. And since they became Iran, a real, they used to be Persia, if you didn't know that. In recent history, they've become Iran. And a much more strict observance of Islam, more people have come to, come to Christ in Persia in that time period than all the time period previous to that. We know that to be true in China. China went through tremendous persecution, but what happened? The church exploded. The missionaries had to leave China, and then, then the church exploded. And we just raise our hands and go, God, you do what you do, right? And you're moving things around for the purposes of the nations. If you don't get a global perspective of the Bible, if you don't get God's heart for the nations, you're going to miss something. And that's part of our prayer tonight is that God would take the nations and put them on your heart. Ours included. I'm very thankful for our country. I'm praying that more and more people from our country come to know Christ as their Savior. But not only our country, but throughout the whole world. My heart is growing in that. That's not always been my heart. I haven't had a a, a missions heart, if you would, or an international heart. Uh, I would say 15 years ago, 20 years ago, all I saw was our country. Uh, But God's not just about our country. He's about all of the nations, ours included. That's what he's doing. He's bringing the nations to himself. And we go on in verse 9 down to verse 12. It says, you shall break them with a rod of iron, speaking of the nations that are rebelling against them, against the Lord. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, therefore, be wise, O king. So now he's speaking to government leaders, political leaders, 
If the church could give a message to leaders of our country and the countries of the world, it would be this. Be instructed, you judges of the earth, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Lord, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. When his wrath is kindled but a little, blessed are those who put their trust in him. That's God's message to political leaders. Kiss the son, know Jesus, be born again, serve in humility and reverence before the Lord, put your trust in the Lord. God clearly reigns over the nations. Psalm 75 says that God raises up one leader and sets aside another. Isaiah chapter 40 tells us that the nations of the earth are dust unto the Lord. So we feel like a big deal, don't we? We go, God, we've been in existence for a little over 200 years. We've got a lot of pride. We've got a lot of, and all of a sudden we go before the Lord and we're just dust. All of the nations currently in all history past, God says they're just dust. Now this is where I want us to end and then we'll head to prayer is Hebrews chapter 12. And I think this perfectly fits for what God is, is doing. Hebrews 12, verse 25 down to verse 29. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they do not escape who refused him who spoke on the earth, much more shall they not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven. Whose voice they shook the earth, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he is promised saying, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Yet this, yet once more, indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken, of such things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Do you guys get that? You understand that? Anybody have a Vitamix at home? Anybody out there? Vitamix? Yeah, I'll... I'll it's, it's a little bit of an investment, but it might be the best thing you ever get in your, in your kitchen. Every once in a while, they sell them at Costco. And you're going, well, what's a Vitamix? It's the super blender of all blenders. And it has variable speeds. And you can put all kinds of craziness in there, and it just shakes it up into all kinds of deliciousness. Milkshakes and smoothies and all that stuff. And what God is doing to the world is he's putting us into the giant Vitamix. He's putting us into the giant shaker. And every once in a while, you get something in the Vitamix that it can't handle. It's not going to break it up. It's stronger than the Vitamix. And then you're in trouble. Then you, you've ruined the prized possession in the kitchen. And God, that's what he's doing. He's shaking things up to reveal what's unshakable. And what's unshakable is his kingdom of grace. So he's doing that in our lives personally, but he's doing that in the nations. And then it ends in verse 28 and verse 29. It says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. There's believers in Syria that have fled the country for their lives. Their lives are shaken. Their nationality is shaken. Their country is shaken. Generations of where they've been raised is shaken. But they're believers. 
So guess what? The kingdom of God is unshaken in their lives, even though they're refugees. Isn't that incredible? So God is showing us the power and the stability of his kingdom by allowing things to be shaken. So this is how you're equipped for November 14th. One is, I hope you do invoke. I think it's really important. I think you really consider it and you pray about it. And don't just opt out and say, well, there's not any good choices. You know, to not vote is a non-vote. And that's between you and, your, and the Lord, but, but vote. But then it's going to turn out how God wants it to turn out. Amen? And to know Psalms 2, to say, God is doing something with the nations, are included, ours included. God is shaking things up so that we have the opportunity to see the unshakable kingdom. And we have an opportunity to point people to the Lord through this election season. I was getting my hair cut today and I had the most bizarre conversation with the barber. He's like, do you know who you're gonna vote for? I was like, yeah, and I told him. And then he started cussing about how upset he is about the whole situation and the people we have in government. And I was like, well, that's kind of interesting. You know, I understand the frustration. And then he just started talking about the Lord, un unsolicited for me. He didn't know that I was a pastor. And he starts going into the Battle of Armageddon and Ezekiel chapter 38. And then, then he's telling me that he's cut hair for over 30 years so he can, you know, knows how to have a conversation with any woman that he walks up to. You know, it's like his, he knows how to pick up women because he cuts hair. And I'm like, man, this guy, he's just had the full gamut of the whole conversation right here, you know. But politics gave an opportunity to point to the kingdom of God. And people want to talk politics right now, don't they? And they have a lot of polarizing views. And to use that as a bridge to take them to the kingdom of God and are you secure in Jesus Christ? You can look somebody in the eye and say, no matter what happens with the election, and I do have an opinion on it, but no matter what happens with it, I'm secure in Jesus because the kingdom of God is unshakable. So. So let's stand together and let's pray for the nations and pray for our nation included. And I'm going to lead us in a time of prayer, waiting upon the Lord. Father, though we read these things, sometimes it's hard to live them out when we don't understand what you're doing, when we do see pain and suffering and turmoil and confusion. But we recognize First, who you are, that you, Jesus, sit upon the throne and you are all powerful. Take a moment in your heart to meditate upon Christ and his power and him seated upon the throne. Father, we, we thank you that you promised to your son that you're gonna give him the nations as his inheritance, as his possession. And we recognize your plan throughout scripture is to gather the peoples of the world around your throne room. That, that's what you've commissioned us with, to go into all the world, to make disciples of all nations. So we pray for the different people groups of the world. We do pray for Iraq and Syria. What a mess, God how heartbreaking it is to see innocent people's lives being taken without a second thought. And we just ask in Jesus' name that you would strengthen the believers that are there, that you would protect them, and you would pour out your Holy Spirit 
and you would bring people to the knowledge of you, even those that are radically opposed to you, God. You would never consider the name of Jesus Christ. Would you invade their lives, Father? So we lift them up to you. As there is a, a people group, a, a country, a, a nation that's on your heart, lift them up to the Lord and intercede in your heart right now between you and God that they would be one for Christ. As a church, Father, we lift up our focus countries. We pray for Uganda. We pray for Kent and Becca. Lord, for the work in Gulu and the pastors that they're serving, pray that you would strengthen them and that country would be rooted and grounded in your love, that the gospel would expand, that sound doctrine, the word of God would be taught. Lord, we pray for Mexico and Calvary Chapel Chihuahua and Pastor Rafa and his team that you would strengthen them, that you continue to grow that church in you, that you'd pour out your grace upon them. We lift up the Taramar Indians and our light shine community. We're thankful for the work that you've done and we pray for more and more Taramara to come to know you. Where we ask in faith that there would be many Taramara around the throne room of God, worshiping you. Or we pray for Morocco and such a closed country, Father. Pray that there would be an explosion of the gospel, that you'd open doors that no one can close. And God, we pray for our country. We thank you for the United States. We don't want to elevate ourselves above others, Lord, but we recognize that we're far from you. And we pray for your will in this coming election. We know that you do have a plan and you do have a purpose. And somehow in the midst of all of this landscape, would you give us leaders that understand who you are? They want to serve you in reverence and humility. But we know that there were times in the scripture where you humbled leaders, where you brought leaders to yourself. And we pray for our leaders of all levels, local, state, the presidential level, that they would know you, serve you, and follow hard after you. But God, we desire more than just change in laws. God, we desire more than just change in economy. Lord, we desire more than just our security. Lord, we pray for spiritual revival. Lord, we wanna see people come to know you as our savior. We desire for the name of Jesus to be proclaimed, for the gospel to be shared. Lord, we pray for a hunger that would happen in our hearts that we would wanna know you, that we would wanna follow after you. Lord, forgive us for just wanting social change without knowing you. Forgive us for wanting just better lives and more comfortable lives without knowing you. Jesus, we want your name to be proclaimed. We desire that this generation would know you and follow you and be born again. Lord, on, there is a fast track to hell in our country. And more than anything else, we pray that that would be stopped, that people would repent, believe in you, be saved and be born again. God, have your way, do what you want to inc incorporate that into our lives. We pray for the church. We pray that you would awaken us, Father. And we rest in your kingdom that's unshakable. We put our roots in your kingdom that is unshakable. And as you shake our lives, Lord, help us to rejoice in the fact that we have stability in you.
Lord, would you use us for your purposes? We want to continue to wait upon you in worship and in prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to move into a time of personal prayer and personal reflection. Billy's going to lead us in, in worship. And we've got communion, and we've also got some crosses here. And there's some note cards and some thumbtacks. And the heart is, is for us to meet with Jesus. And in Hebrews chapter 12, it tells us to run our race with endurance looking unto Jesus. And then it tells us two specific things. Lay aside every weight and sin that so easily besets us. Weight is not sin. That's important to understand. Weight is holding on to a circumstance. Weight is something that isn't sinful, but it's not productive to be able to run this race to the best ability. So we want to search our hearts and go, God, is there a weight that I need to nail to the cross tonight? And we're really inviting you to be able to respond, to come and get a note card. You don't have to put down your name, but you can write down that weight. You can be in detail if you want or write it down in one word, but then go ahead and pin it to the cross with the thumbtack. If you can't get the thumbtack in, the Lord knows and set the card here on the stage. But it's symbolic of saying, I, I'm giving this to the Lord. I, I'm trusting the Lord. We've also got some tape here. You can tape it to the cross. And what we're gonna do as a staff over the next two weeks is we're gonna pray over each card. So we want you to know as you put this up that first you're giving it to the Lord. And the Savior that's died for you can handle this weight that you're giving to him. But then also sin. We have sin in our lives. And to be able to come to the cross tonight and say, I'm writing it down. I'm confessing it to the Lord. I'm turning from it and I'm receiving God's forgiveness. And then there's communion. And what we would desire for all of us tonight is just to wait upon God. Maybe God leads you to respond this way with the note card and the cross. Praise the Lord, go in that direction. Maybe the Lord leads you to communion, go to that direction. Maybe God leads you to both, go to that direction. Maybe God does something crazy tonight and says, you know, tonight I don't want you to focus on communion. I want you to focus on prayer. And you, you go find a quiet place of the sanctuary. But the idea is you're meeting with God. You're following his, his leading and you're responding to him to where when we leave, we go, Lord, I've met, met with you. So Jesus, we thank you that we can come to your cross afresh to think about your broken body and your shed blood. And as we lay aside every weight and every sin, would you meet with us? Would you help us to be able to run lighter, run stronger, run with endurance? We want to draw near to you, and we thank you that you want to draw near to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So please respond as the Lord leads you. come 
sing this, you are good, you're never going to let me down. You know, I want to be that old guy in the back of the room one day who's God, who's God's goodness in his life has impacted so much that all he wants to do is celebrate. I mean, that's why we're here. You know, we're here to glorify God. We're here to worship but we're here to celebrate too. We're here to have fellowship with God. And God isn't all, you know, God's not a God of, of um, only sorrow and only when we're, when we're hurting, we can go to God and he'll bless us. You know, when we're in, we're happy, when we're having fun, that's even more of a time, I think, that we can go to the, feet of the, the foot of the cross and worship wholeheartedly. And so when we sing that, we're gonna sing this again for sure. But like, let's really have fun. You know, there's nothing in the Bible that says we can't have fun when we worship. That's right. That's right, right? <laughs> so we're going to sing it again. 
and we're going to have fun and we're going to worship because of God's grace in our life, because of his goodness in our life. And that's something to celebrate, that we can celebrate every day, whether we feel like it or not, because whether we believe it or not, God's grace and his goodness is always at work in the life of the believer, and it will always triumph over the trials in our life. Amen? Amen. Amen. You're never gonna let me down. Yeah, come on. You're never gonna let You're never gonna let me down. I know we don't normally clap, but come on, let's put our hands together. Never gonna let me down. Come on. You're never gonna You're never gonna let me down. Come on.
for we trust, come on. For we trust in our God. Oh, and through His unfailing love, we will not be shaken. We will not be shaken. We will not be shaken. We're going to do one more song, um, but it's kind of late. So if you guys need to go get your kids or need to head out, um, you're free to do so. But we're going to do one more. never fails. Life in death, in life. 